the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the Bible teacher on Make It Clear, as well as the president of Florida Bible College. I want to give you an introduction to our program today because this is really two parts. This is the second part of a two-part interview that we had with Kevin Sorbo. In a few moments, you're going to be able to hear that as we break into that interview. But I want to kind of give you a little backstory so you could understand of where this is coming from. Now, Kevin Sorbo is a famous actor now. Many of you that are a little bit older, you may remember that he played the part of Hercules, both in the movies as well as in the television program. And that also added into other film projects that you could certainly find him on uh, the internet to know what he's been involved in over the years. In fact, he's been involved in over 60 different film and television projects in his life. Well, he came to Christ as a young man He did this at a Billy Graham crusade, and from them, there was that uh, salvation was inside of him. The Lord was working with him, but there came to a point where that he went through a change, a a chance for he— he said, you know, I, I need to give my life to Christ. And he did that. And so he moved over because of what he was seeing in the movie industry in Hollywood. So he moved from that secular worldview and just putting out entertainment. And so he then moved into helping people to be able to see biblical truths or Christian values through the film industry in such a way that people would come away with a better understanding of a decent, honorable life of moral integrity but also wedded in there an opportunity for them to know that at the center of their life needs to be Jesus Christ. We might not call this entertainment any longer, or even family entertainment. What we might call it is edutainment, because there's an education process that the person can be learning while they're doing that. You remember that God is not dead series as well as let there be light. You know that those kinds of film projects gets those people to listen. There are people that won't go to church, but they'll go see a movie. And so in that movie experience, there's got to be a storyline that is compelling. And so you'll find that Kevin Sorbro either partnered with writers and producers to put that on screen or himself. He has written and produced and even directed as well as acted with the same kind of thought that these films have to have an educational basis. But at the same time, they need to have a compelling message where people want to follow the story, something that really works. Well, if you've watched any of his more current films, you're going to certainly see that coming out. And I have to tell you that Kevin is a highly um, committed person to the Lord, but he's also committed to the film industry because he sees that as a vehicle to be able to reach people for Christ. So you're going to find that there are many more projects that are coming down so that we'll be able to view in the future. Many of those are still waiting to be produced as funding now comes in because a lot of times you can have big crowds come to the movie theater. And when you do, there's a lot of money that comes in and they can keep generating through 
their movies and through all the different uh, paraphernalia that you can get. He is now using this as an investment for people to be a part of that. And you'll hear a little bit more about that in a moment. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, why would anyone even want to get involved in the film industry? I mean, it's so convoluted in their values, and they're far worse than just being non-God. They're really being anti-God, and they mock God. If it's not actually in the scripts, not, not just in the acting, although it is in all of that, it is very evident in the private and public lives of those people that are producing such films and TV programs. Well, no honest Christian would ever argue with that kind of thinking. But let me just offer this to you as well. You know, you have missionaries, perhaps from your church, you might even have a family member that is a missionary, and they feel called to go to a people group. And whatever that people group is, they want to be able to manifest a Christ-like testimony, so they have a platform upon which to share the message. But in addition to that, they also want to publicly talk about Christ, building that relationship, that bridge, so they can bring the person to Christ. Now, there's different levels of that. But I still want you to know that your family and friends that are missionaries doing that, they're going into their particular people group. Well, actors like Kevin Sorbo that write, produce, direct, and act, they see the film industry themselves loaded with people group. That's a people group that obviously are anti-God, just like if you went out into a third world country that are just ignorant of God or they know about God, but they reject God. But that doesn't mean that the power of God can still not penetrate those cultures. Well, the film industry is a culture. It's a mindset. And yes, it feeds on itself of anti-God. But that doesn't mean that it's more powerful than the Word of God, that Satan is more powerful than the Son of God, and that these actors who are children of God, they can still stand strong and last long. Well, Kevin Sorbo is one of many that are doing that. And I know that those of you that have seen one or two of his movies or more, you know that there is a message in there. And it's the idea to bring people to hear it. They soften up to the message. And then the actual responsibility of giving the gospel really falls upon you and me. So it's a good opportunity to bring them around to watch this, but then only use it as a springboard into presenting the message that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And then whatever other Christian value principle that's in that movie, you can expand on that. Well, in just a moment here, we're going to continue on with our second part of the interview with Kevin Sorbo. So I want to thank you for being with us, but also I want to thank you for supporting Make It Clear, because we're a listener-supported program. And we can continue doing these things to be able to help people take the Word of God and present it clearly in whatever culture that God has called them, just like the film industry. So stay tuned now. Continue with us as we interview Kevin Sorbo. And I really appreciated what Kevin had to say a moment ago about the film going out and a Muslim lady who came to faith in Christ alone and then went on and went public with it, which is a huge thing with her family and others. But Kevin, do you have one more story like that from one of your uh, films that someone had seen and their life was so dramatically changed forever? You got any more like that? You know, I get I, I get a number of these type of stories all the time coming through not only the fan site, but as I as I walk in, per, you know, walking through with my, all my travels. I was just recently, I'm doing a documentary on the life of John Lennox. For those of you who don't know John, he's a retired mathematics uh, professor at Oxford University. He's an apologist. He has battled against the greatest, biggest atheists in the world, from from uh, Dawkins to Hitchens to you, you name it. He's been out there. And it's he's an amazing man. And we shot two weeks in Israel as well. So we were in Israel for two weeks and up in Oxford for a week, just recently this year. 
And as we walked through Israel, um, I, I, I felt like I was a beetle, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I was, I was in the middle of really people that support my movies. These were all people from, from South Korea, from China, from Russia, from all over from America and Canada, Mexico, all over Eastern Europe, all these places that were there in their own pilgrimage. And they saw me, they recognized me, they came up. I did a bunch of group photos with people. Um, and it was just incredible to, to see that, you know what, these people are paying attention. They love what we're doing. And, I, you know, I, I, I try to do movies that, yeah, you want to preach to the choir, but at the same time, I want to reach across the divide there. I want to reach out to agnostics. I want to reach out to atheists. I mean, I get all kinds of hate email coming through to me. These people attack me and all that. And it's like, these are, these, to me, are the people you got to pray for because these are, these are sad, miserable people. And they're looking for something more in their life. And right now they're just filled with hate and anger because they obviously don't like who they are. They don't like their lives. They don't like their relationships. They don't like, you know, I keep telling people, you got to get rid of the negative people in your life. It does you no good for yourself. Surround yourself with positive people. Find this job that you like. Find yourself, you know, so many people talk to me and write to me and say they hate where they're at and hate this. Well, change your life. People get, you know, fear holds back a lot of people and you got to get past that fear. You got to go down that, that, that road that you're afraid to go down because that's life doesn't promise to be easy. We all know that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's really fighting to get past that. But I, when I was in Israel, the number of stories that people came up to me, some people come up crying. And they just say, you know, your movies have, have changed me. They've moved me. And uh, that's why I wanted to be an actor. I wanted, to do, I wanted to do roles that people could relate to, that they would say, that's me or that's a friend of mine or I get that. I wanted to make people laugh. I want to make them cry. I wanted to make people think. And Hollywood's gotten away from that. It's all about visual effects now, which is fine. I like the roller coaster ride, too. But that really, it's, it comes down to um, doing more movies like this and having people support them because we need that support. That's the only way to get these things out there. A while ago, I had the opportunity to do an interview like this with one of the uh, leading stunt coordinators in Hollywood, and he lived a life for the Lord, a dedicated life. And I asked him, I said, how did you stand strong and last long in Hollywood? And he said, it came back to a time in my life when I came to faith in Christ. And he gave us his testimony then. But I'm looking at you now, and you have moved really strongly into that family-oriented message movies that you're giving. Was there a time that you had a faith experience you want to talk about? Your faith journey. Talk about it. Well, you know, I, I, I grew up in the, the Lutheran churches in Minnesota, typical Scandinavian that I am, Norwegian boy. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it, I was 13 years old, and I went to see Billy Graham speak, Reverend Billy Graham. And there was probably 250,000 people. It was in August. It was a hot, muggy night. The moon was out. Um, unbelievable. to St. Paul Fairgrounds. And uh, he obviously has a lot of volunteers that work with him. And he called people up and said, if you want to come up and talk, pray, whatever. And I was moved to go up there. And even though I was only 13, I went there and I sat on the ground in the grass with this guy. We weren't praying. We were just talking at the time, having a nice one-on-one -on -one conversation. All of a sudden, uh, a hand went on my head and I turned around. And there, and it was so weird. I mean, it was, I turned, it was a full moon. And there in the full moon covering just over his head was the Reverend Billy Graham. And the moon around his head was just like, oh, you heard the angels singing and, stuff. and I still get I still get goosebumps telling this. And I tell this story in, in um, a book that I wrote and I ended up being in the only hardcover book ever that uh, 
um, Chicken Soup for the Soul has ever done, because all the books they always do are paperback. The only hardcover book they ever did was for Billy Graham, and I'm one of the chapters in there. Mm. And the Billy Graham people called me up and said, look, Billy would love your story. Um, he's too old to go on the road, but would you go on the road for him and do some publicity for the book? And I was like, honored. And I said, heck yeah, <laughs> send the plane. You know, mm. So um, it was pretty neat to be uh, uh, part of doing that. That was probably, I don't know how long ago that was, 10, 12 years ago or so. But that, that little 13-year-old teenage kid that I was at that time, that's a story and a, a moment that will stick with me forever. Tell me now, inside your, your heart, there's probably a, a, a heart that's beating for another film project based on a message that you still believe needs to get out in film. I know that it'll go from film to film and everyone you're passionate about and you need to be, but there's still a film yet to be produced that has the message that you want to have said. Talk to us about that. Well, I'm trying to raise money for a movie right now two movies that I want to get done. One is The Shroud. I have an amazing script dealing with The Shroud. And uh, it would be a period piece set in that time right after Jesus was crucified. And it's uh, it's incredible. And it's very touching and moving. Um, the other one is I have the rights to the a book that was written uh, by Charles Dickens to his kids. A lot of people don't realize Charles Dickens was a very strong Christian and he wanted to pass on his his faith to his children. And it was a book he wrote only for them and told them, do not ever print this book. Well, his grandchildren did print the book back in their 1930s, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And his great-great-grandson, Edward Charles Dickens III, has been doing a one-man play. Why they reached out to me, I have no idea. But they reached out to me and wanted me to play Charles Dickens to continue the one-man play. Well, I read the man one-man play 10 times. It's such an amazing story. And I, 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 in my head, I could see all the characters. I could see his wife, all his children, the, the neighborhood that they were in during the summertime because of summer rentals that they would always have and uh, all the wacky neighbors around him. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. And I said, I'll tell you what, I could commit to this project for the next two years. It would be a wonderful workout for me to get on stage by myself. And um, I, I just said, listen. If we make this, turn this one-man script into an actual movie script that has all the characters come to life, and we promote it properly, more people will see this movie in opening weekend that would possibly see me doing this play for five days a week for two years. That's right. And they, they, they agreed to that. So now they're writing the script right now, and we're hoping to film this thing in the actual locations outside of London where he was. Um, and that's another script we're trying to raise money for as well. And that's a wonderful story. And this movie, I guarantee, will become a perennial favorite for people. They'll watch it every Christmas, right along with the Scrooge story, yeah. right along with Elf, right along with uh, It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. I promise this will be one of those movies. So that's what we're trying to uh, aim for right now. These are my two favorite projects I want to get done. Well, you know that the whole film industry has got a lot of bad press, and the majority of that is well-deserved and perhaps even earned. But yet there are still folks like you that are in the film industry, and although you are in more of the genre of the family-oriented films, you still are surrounded by a whole lot of unsaved people that still have their own values that are not always the values of the film. But how do you stand strong and last long in that culture? Because you are in that culture. And so what makes you a person that's able to stand for the faith? What do you do to keep your faith strong? Well, you know, it, it comes up. Prayers, obviously, is, is a very mighty tool in itself. 
I'm a very strong-willed person for one thing. <laughs> so um, as much as much hate and anger gets directed at me, I think the the, the love and the support is much stronger. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, I I like I said, I do travel a lot. It's interesting because of Hercules and Andromeda. I get invited to quite a few of these autograph shows, these Comic Con shows. Yep. And I think maybe about six a year to go out to, and it's it's amazing. I know I know that because of my faith for the people for um that are always uh you know screaming for tolerance they they have none but right. uh and i probably lost them as fans i know that's come across in some of the some of the sites that i've seen but <laughs> i've already been banned from a couple of uh autograph shows because of the people that run it um they think they think well you're anti this you're anti that and you're you're an evil person because you're a christian so they don't even bring me in i i, I you know i tell them i said i think i wish we could have a talk uh, at least on the phone, if we can't do it face to face, because I'd like to see, I mean, the anger doesn't seem to be coming from me. It seems to be coming from you, but, uh, uh I do these autograph shows and more than half the audience comes up now and says, well, these, they, we're talking, we're talking, these are there to be people to see the Avengers and Hulk mm-hmm. and all these other people. And they come up to me and say, please keep up the work you're saying, the things you say in Facebook and Twitter, we're with you. We support you. Um, we're, we support the troops like you do. We support your faith. We support the movies you put out there. And that's, that's awesome to me to sit there at, at that sort of a venue that people walk up to me and uh, say, you know, where are the photos for God's not dead or, you know, let there be light. Where are those photos? You know? So I'm yeah. actually bringing more of those now instead of just Hercules and Andromeda. So I'm doing a much bigger mixture at my table. And I, I put up the DVDs like God's not dead and what if as well. So I'm, I'm sort of an, a, a different beast at these uh, autograph shows and mostly they're actors. I'm sure you are. And yet, you know, we look at you as being someone who's standing for the Lord and living a life that's honoring to him and yet still involved in a film industry that you're sending forth messages where people can sit and without being interrupted to be able to watch a story unfold before them and identify with the content of it. And sometimes even the actors in this, but I also believe that you're much more than just an actor who does films. What causes do you have that ignite you with a passion for that cause? Tell us about some other things beyond film that really light you up. Well, I'm on my uh, 22nd year of my after-school program based in L.A. called uh, A World Fit for Kids. We're the number one after-school program in the state of California. I grew up in the public education system, and if those of you who aren't paying attention to what's going on. Our mm. public school system is broke and it gets more broke every single year. And I, I think there's a purposeful dumbing down of our kids by our government. I think it's just sad and pathetic. We rank 27th in the world. California ranks 48th. We're the, we're the third worst public educated state in the country. LA Unified um, has a 54% dropout rate on average over the last 22 years, 54%. So more than half the kids drop out as low as fifth grade. So what I do in my program for, uh, for the last 22 years, the first hour, I work with over 12,000 kids on average every year. We average 98% graduation rate and a 67% higher GPA. The LA Unified School Board hates us because you can go in there and go, what are we doing that you can't do? What are we doing that's doing so much better than what you're, you're, you're letting the teachers do or the teachers are doing themselves. Who knows? I, I don't know what the answers are here. All I know is the public education system is broken. And I grew up in that world. My dad was a teacher for 35 years. So it's amazing to me that they don't want to improve the education. And Washington, D.C. doesn't either. I've been there. I used to go a number of times and say, this is what we're doing. I thought after 22 years, 
we'd be in at least 15 cities across this country. Baltimore has a 64% dropout rate, 64%. And where do these kids end up? Most of these kids come from broken homes. Most of these kids come from 80% of them don't have a father growing up. So what do they look for for family? You know, you look at the drugs and the gangs and the violence and the murders and the shootings and all that. It's, it's incredible to me. And I, we're, you know, we're trying to trying to make lives better for these kids. And these are all inner city kids that I work with and the, and the worst schools and in all of LA Unified. And we have an hour of exercise right after school. Exercise needs to get back in the school curriculum. It's proven that after, and people know this, if you work out, if you're hooked on working out, you know that first hour after working out, your attention and retention levels spike because your body is going. It's jazz. It's ready to rock and roll. So the second hour after the working out, we deal with what their problems are at school, math, science, whatever it might be. And the third hour is we have people talk to these kids in small groups for one-on-one. It's like, what's going on in your life? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you have about what makes you sad? What's, what are you having problems with? We're there to show these kids that we care about them to build up their self-esteem and give them hope because the reality is everybody's looking for hope, right? And this is what we're trying to give kids, trying to give them hope and realize that the world isn't as bad as it seems. And, you know, life is always going to have its up and downs and how you got to fight through those down moments is really between you, God, and every, and anybody else that cares about you in your life. And once again, surround yourself with positive people, get rid of the negative people. You don't need them dragging you down. Absolutely. Now tell the folks how they can find out more about World Fit for Kids, that organization, and what you do for their after-school activities and all. If they want to know more about it, whether they want to donate or, or volunteer to help or to be a part of what you're doing or know more about it, how can they find out about that program? Go to worldfitforkids.org. That's worldfitforkids, all spelled out. Dot org. So check it out. And what I would love is for people, you know, you really need people that are willing to put the time and effort into it. I mean, it's a nonprofit. I don't get a penny out of it. If I take not one cent, I certainly have a, a staff because these guys are working, you know, 60 hour weeks. And uh, so there's a, they, we have a small staff that works within there and uh, make sure we get all these volunteers to come in as well. So um, we would love to get other chapters going across the country, but it's a great program. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for being with us. And those that have tuned in toward the end here, we've been talking with Kevin Sorbo, a tremendous uh, man of God who is living his faith out. He's doing it through the film industry, but also in a lot of other causes, standing strong for conservative biblical values, at the same time wanting others to get involved in this as well. And if you'd like to know more about Kevin, what he's doing, and to be able to follow him, obviously you can follow him on Twitter. You can also go to kevinsorbo.net. That's kevinsorbo.net and surf through his website. You're going to find it very fascinating. But while you're doing that, let me encourage you to pray for him. If you'd like to know more about how you can get involved in his film projects, whether you want to uh, support those to get them launched, he's got a lot of wonderful um, ideas that are on the drawing board, ready to go, that uh, have great, great traction. You can certainly contact Kevin Sorbo to be a part of that. Kevin, I want to thank you for being with us today. And is there anything you'd like to share with our audience as we bring our time to a close? Maybe a last word of encouragement to them. Would you like to say something? Well, you know, I I, I totally forgot to tell you, um, my family, my wife and I are hosting a trip to Israel this summer. So you got about seven weeks to sign up. We're taking a group out there. We're going uh, July 1st through the 10th. And uh, go to SorboIsraelTrip.com, SorboIsraelTrip.com. All kinds of information right there. Tells you everything. Gives the itinerary, the cost, the location, where we're going. Uh, It's going to be an amazing trip. And uh, we're encouraging people to bring the whole family and come join us. And uh, I'm hoping people can. I mean, I've told my 
my agnostic and atheist friends, I said, well, let me put it this way. Uh, there's not an atheist out there that, 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 that fights against uh, Christianity that doesn't say, well, Jesus certainly did exist. There was a guy. They can't, that, that was real. So it really happened. So if you want to go over there just for a history trip, then come on over a history trip. I mean, that's an amazing part of the world with a huge, huge amount of history. So uh, please check it out. And um, I hope again, that people that, can join us. That website again for that is? SorboIsraelTrip.com. I have to tell you, folks, my wife and I have hosted trips to Israel many times with some of our great Bible teachers from Charles Ryrie and others. And I have to tell you, walking where Jesus walked and those wonderful patriarchs of the Old Testament, being in the land that the Bible was written, you know what I mean? It will change your life. It'll actually take the Bible and the words will come off the page and go deep into your heart. And couldn't think of a better person to go with, he and his family and others, to be able to see Israel. And while you're there, it'll change your life like you cannot imagine. So let me encourage you to get a hold of Kevin and the group to be a part of that too. And in case you're just tuned in, and again, you're hearing all of this about Christianity, and you're hearing that here's a man who's willing to go public with his faith, and yet you're wondering where you're going to go in eternity. I want you to know that God loves you just the way you are. He cares for you. He went to the cross in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ died, and he rose again, and he looks at you, and he says, I love you, and I want to forgive you of all your sin, and all you need to do to have eternal life and an eternal relationship with me and a home in heaven is to place your faith in Jesus Christ as the one who died and rose again. It's not by any good works that you do. It's by faith. Grace saves you and grace keeps you when you trust Christ as your Savior. Uh, Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much for being with us. And those of you that have been our listeners today, be back with us again for Make It Clear. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 